Hello, Joel here. I've got a new book out. It's called Be Funny or Die. How comedy works and why it matters. And it's about how comedy works and why it matters. Why human beings tell jokes and then what that tells us about being human beings. So if you're a human being and you enjoy laughing and then want to know what the hell's going on with that, it's probably a pretty good book to read. It's called Be Funny or Die. It's in shops. You can buy it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Joel here. This is the new podcast we're doing called Home Comforts. It's going to run alongside Comfort Blanket as a sort of sister project. If you want to hear more of this and get access to it, please come onto our Patreon page and throw some coins in the hat to support the making of Comfort Blanket. And in return, uh, not only will you get that and you'll get a nice warm feeling that you're helping uh, us make the show and put the time aside to put it together, but you'll also get this podcast, which is going to be some chats about some really fun things uh, that we haven't covered in the main show. So uh, come to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash comfort blanket pod. Uh, and when we shake the bucket, chuck a coin in and become part of the comfort blanket Patreon supporting family and we'll love you forever. In the meantime, do enjoy Home Comforts. This is Home Comforts, and we're in our home. In the igloo that in, is our home. In the comfort zone, which mm. is the little room that is full of uh, all the DVDs and books and records and mm-hmm. stuff, which we gather around us in our nest to feel safe. Because we want <laughs> to know they're within arm's reach. Genuinely. In an emergency. Yeah, they um, also absorb the sound really well on a podcast. Yeah, so. basically, there, there are two purposes. Yeah. I mean, uh, for tax reasons, uh, <laughs> for tax I, what I'm saying reasons. is that we need to buy all this stuff because it's needed for the podcast. But it but. is very cosy because it's a little room and every wall is covered in LPs and books and DVDs. And it just feels like you're sort of almost literally being cuddled by your cultural things. Yeah, and you need the stuff. It, it, this is uh, <laughs> it's the, the external hard drive of your soul. That's nice. What made you up? How did you get here? And there's, there's you can probably find it somewhere in the chaos of the walls, which aren't in alphabetical order, they're just stuff. Yeah, Piles I still don't understand your filing system. And I did kind of, obviously, no. you're much more organised than me. So you put everything on the shelf and I, I genuinely have to ask you every time, like, so where would I find Nora Ephron now? By, by association, <laughs> near things that make me feel like Nora Ephron. There you it's, go. It's a room built by feel rather is, than by I'm alphabets. basically sitting in a combination of your and my skulls, which is yeah, a yeah. bit weird. So do you want to go and scurry about yeah, in I'll our brain and go and find what, a thing? I know what I'm going to get. <laughs> Just going over by the shelves and looking down the bottom, down, looking down. Okay, where's DVD. It's going to be down there, down, just there, next to French and Saunders. It's associative. 
You see, there you go. What you have to do is look for no. look for where French and Saunders are, and it'll be near there. Look okay. at that, brilliant. So obviously, I could have done any anything. I mean, French and Saunders, anything they've ever anything made. Anything Saunders and Frenchish. Um, what I've gone for because genuinely, and and it's happened often. Uh, if I've wanted actual comfort, right. I've either seen the Ab Fab as being repeated on one of the many, 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 many channels, or I've dug out the DVDs. Um, I think I know the words to all of Ab Fab. <laughs> Um, and recite it now, like a like a like a gay man. <laughs> um. <laughs> so if 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 there was a disaster and we lost all the DVDs, oh, it'd be fine. they were wiped. Yeah. You could go from town to town on a wagon performing it. I literally could, like in Fahrenheit four five one or and Ridley would, Walker and would yeah <laughs> the post apocalyptic yeah. ab fan performing. Troupe, I'd make like a, a giant hay kind of a beehive. <laughs> With a big kind of fag sticking out of it, which obviously yeah. you'd then light, ceremony yeah. burn. Um, yeah, no, it is. It is sort of in terms of <laughs> oral poet, the oral tradition. Yeah. I could pass this down to our next generation. Beautiful, word perfect, absolutely no problem whatsoever. So this, yeah. uh, you were a French and Saunders fan before Absolutely Fabulous. Oh was God, on yes, because I'm born in 1975. So by the time I was watching it on TV, what would that be? Probably the mid to late, probably the late 80s, because yeah. I wouldn't have been able to stay up to watch it like at nine o'clock or something yeah. until I was much older. Um, but yeah, so I remember the sketch shows, um, they were the only women, apart from when they worked with Ruby Wax or I'm trying to think of any other woman. Oh, M- Marty Kane on um, that talent search show. Yeah, and there was, She was a woman being funny on TV, but other than it was that... Terry Jones in a dress, what are you thinking? Oh, of? obviously there was Victoria Dame, Wood. Dame Reveridge. Sorry, of course there was. All of those lovely buxom ladies. <laughs> um, no, and there was Victoria Wood and Judy yes. Walters, obviously, which is... Uh, so there, there were there were few places to see yeah. women being hilarious. I would also listen to... Um, my mum really loved Joyce Grenfell and made me love Joyce yeah, Grenfell too. Yeah, we both too, had so. that growing up. So, but, but, you know, these these are not many women. No, it's still <laughs> a really a minimal thing. And I think when Ab Fab came along, it was in the 90s, a very particular time. I always think about that as a bit of a bland time. But now looking back, you know, a, a, a decade starts to get its flavour yes. the further you get away from it. And so now it's there's a very specific kind of, you know, fashion-wise, there's a very specific look, a, a specific kind of behaviour. I've been writing a book recently and talking about one of these characters who kind of had her heyday in the 90s. Yeah. And it's and it's all very much kind of, certainly for women, the culture was to sort of be both kind of sexually available, but also a bit sort of masculine and laddie yeah. and kind of you keep up with the boys, but you're also dead sexy and, yeah. you know, just all those <laughs> fucked up messages. <laughs> Could it be both things? Spice Girls saying like, you know, you should be empowered, but only if your tits look nice. And just, <laughs> oh my God. But only if you've got an eating disorder, right? The Spice Girls. It was pretty fucked up. And, you know, I'm sure they'd look back on it now and go, oh God, that's a bit complicated what we were saying. But it's very brash. Um, yeah. There's, there's a brashness to it, I think. That's and Ab Fab is. And if you think about, so obviously it's it's um, uh, Jennifer Saunders initially did a sketch with Dawn French while yes. they were still um, making their sketch show. And um, Jennifer played this fashion kind of PR woman or I don't yeah. know, I mean, designer in the original sketch um, called Adina Monsoon. And, and Dawn played Safi, her very studious, very serious daughter. Great setup. Who wasn't really interested in all of her mum's crazy wackadoodle, <laughs> brought up in the 60s and 70s kind of druggy, you know, yeah. hip nonsense. It's a solid observation for a sketch. Really, really good. And actually, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere else before. I mean, maybe I had, mm. in my experience of popular culture, I'd never seen that. 
And I, so I really liked that idea. I don't, I don't think I remember seeing the sketch for sure. Mm. That's something that, you know, DVD extras, like I said, I know those too. If you want me to recite those, that's also <laughs> fine. Um, I've honestly, I've clung to this like a rock in a storm often, like really often before the internet. I had the DVDs or the VHSs initially. I had, you know, I absolutely love this show. Um, but it, so it, it, when, when she got it commissioned as a, a, a proper sitcom, uh, it's she she took this character Adina Monsoon, which is always rumored to have been based on Lynn Franks, a kind oh, of right. you know one of those women with privilege somehow sort of seems to have money, lives in a huge house in Holland Park or Notting Hill, uh, many sort of storied townhouse with incredible objet everywhere, <laughs> and always the right clothes in her wardrobe, and invites to all the right parties. One of those characters. Yeah. And her best friend, right back from childhood, is this uh, absolute monstrosity <laughs> called Patsy Stone, who is of indeterminate age, um, has a huge blonde beehive, is stuck in one particular era, doesn't eat, <laughs> rake thin, smokes and drinks vodka. She lives above an odd bins and literally, like the milkman would deliver milk, she has like a bottle of vodka in her milk bottle holder outside her door. It's all beautiful. Um, and I think the thing I loved about it right from the get-go, was that these, as, it, as with lots of sitcoms, it's these women, particularly women, because I think you see it with men, bottom, yeah. that kind of thing a lot, but get to behave outrageously in a way that you, you as a viewer never would yeah. and probably wouldn't want to, but there's something vicariously, incredibly purging about watching them yeah. fall out of cars and embarrass themselves and drink too much and get Botox and take drugs. They were doing all the things I'd never do. Yeah. Um, in a way that I, I, we have to try and work out why I find it comforting because I'm not, I'm still not sure. But it, in, in especially in really uncertain times, you know, growing up and being a teenager and in, in my early twenties, it was the thing I wanted to hug and like cleave to more than anything. And I'm you, not really sure why. Did you want to be like that? Were you fascinated by that culture? Because the thing that no, the thing I found interesting when absolutely when Abfab first came out, I was a really big Saunders and French fan. Yeah, really liked them. Uh, loved the sketch shows and things. And when this came out, I mean, my first reaction to it, because I think I was working, weird, I think I was working in the design council. Okay. So I was surrounded by fashion magazines and things. I was working at the, 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 the shop at the design council. Yeah. So I was selling to people from this industry all yeah. the time. Uh, Vogue and Interview Magazine, all the sort of graphic design magazines. They were in there. And when this came out, I remember saying, that's a bit niche. Oh, really? I remember thinking, this isn't very mainstream because it's about a thing that I thought was a really uh, very, very London, very, very... Uh, I thought no one will get this. Yeah. And then it was a massive hit and really funny. And I thought, oh, I think I had mistakenly thought it was a joke for inside the industry. Right. But it was for people outside that world who thought these people were ridiculous. Well, yes, and it, but it kind of did the impossible in that. So I definitely fell in love with it when I'd never been near London yeah. for work or for living here or anything like that. Um, and But obviously was fascinated by all of that, magazines on newspaper, you know, the newsagent shelves that had, you know, Kate Moss on the front. I think I'd not realised how much people were consuming that from outside, how much it, had been, it was being set up as this really desirable world. Not being either a woman or a gay man, I wasn't reading those magazines. And I think I massively misunderstood <laughs> yes. how much that this was. Uh, well, a bit like when people say, oh, don't do uh, television about making television without right. realising that people don't have to work in television. No. You're always reading interviews with people who are television stars. And it's... people are interested. You're, you know, you, you don't just watch TV and then walk away again. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have famous people or <laughs> yeah. that whole celebrity culture. Like, we, we do want to peek behind the curtain a bit and feel sort of smug that we know what's going on. But it didn't just do that it, because it, it managed to somehow, although it lampooned them and made fools of yeah. them, 
massively flattered the people who worked in fashion and PR and film right. and TV. And they, you know, they ended up with a queue of like supermodels and really cool people wanting to do guest appearances yeah. because they wanted to seem like they got the joke. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a... They it, were desperate to. It's It sort of manages to be an industry joke for the people inside yeah. it, but also a massive joke on the this kind of thing where, where, where fashion became so important. Yeah, and yeah I mean, that. I mean, what I'm saying is I they weren't wrong. I was wrong. I thought this was yeah. an in-joke and I was completely wrong because I hadn't realised quite how much, certainly at this point in the 90s, it had become... Uh, show business had become this. It's true. I think if you watch TV or ever picked up a magazine, like just by osmosis, you would be steeped in the culture that they were taking the piss out of. Yeah. And these two characters, so obviously then there's the, 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 the character of Safi is reintroduced. It's Julia Sawala. I kind of, I think I wanted to be her, which is weird because she was like, as Safi, uh, no, as um, as um, Patsy puts it, like dresses like a Christian. <laughs> um, you know, she wears like nice, sensible sort of slacks and, uh, and, uh, and, and a blouse with a, perhaps a little sleeveless singlet over yeah. the top. And she has, you know, naturally curly hair, doesn't wear makeup and is just aggressively pulls away from her mum's appalling lifestyle drugs shagging male prostitutes like she's 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 being appalling yeah and living probably a life that doesn't even make her happy but she's desperately trying to be current and young and there's the, my favorite episode is the episode where she turns 40 which in my head <laughs> well surely that was her 60th it's like no 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 she loses her mind over turning 40 yeah and kind of ends up, um, they, you know, her family brings her a cake and she gets a fire extinguisher out and just like puts it out with the fire <laughs> extinguisher because she's so angry and sort of like fuming at being labelled a certain age. And it's, it's, it rails against growing up and adulthood, but they kind of behave like spoiled children. You've got, I mean, I suppose what you're doing is you're, you're looking at them, certainly the lead two characters yeah. about, about Edina and Patsy. And you're sort of, they're monsters and they're awful. Oh, they definitely and are. As you said, she's not happy. No. She's got all this hedonism, all this stuff that's being held up. as, yeah. and, and I suppose the show is saying, we know these people aren't happy. They, they're noisily on the front covers and things. Particularly because I, I, the thing that I think is sensational about this is, isn't about celebrity. It's about the people who work with celebrities. It's yeah, about yeah, yeah. PR. Oh, it's really the kind of dark. bottom feed is around. The parasites on the, the industry. The truly famous people. Yeah. yeah, which I think is magnificent, really clever, very subtle and a brilliant way of doing yeah, it. But yeah. they're awful. And if you see yourself as Safi, who is mm-hmm. the voice of reason, yeah. it's a great way of watching it to go, oh, I don't want to be, I sort of want to be those guys, but also yeah. I don't want to be those guys. I don't want to be in their world, but I want Absolutely. to be disapproving of them. No, I, exactly. Yes, exactly. I want to kind of curl my lip at them. Um, but I but I also would really like a kind of Verve Clicquot fridge that automatically refills itself yeah. when I've drunk the last bottle of champagne. There's, that would be great. It's funny. <laughs> it's almost like a Spice Girls. There's someone for you to identify with. You yeah. can pick your person. So you can you can watch them through the eyes of, 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 of Safi yeah. uh, when you're going. And then occasionally you go, God, but I want to join them. And yeah. it gives you, if it was entirely in their world and there was no one disapproving of it, it might be too brash, too harsh. Yeah. But you can escape into pretending you're, you're the daughter exactly I think it was really cleverly done and there's and June Whitfield plays um, Adina's mum who's again some of the comic characters in this I think are some of the best comic characters like ever created we'll get to Bubble in a minute and the brief (laughs) appearance Rebecca Front makes which I still could do word for word she just sits in a hot tub for about five (laughs) minutes and is one of the funniest people on earth she's so brilliant Um, and playing a character you just kind of, you know, don't expect her to play. Um, But yeah, so June Whitfield is this extraordinary kind of like, she seems to be away with the fairies, the kind of parent that could so easily have produced this (laughs) grown-up child because, you know, she's just sort of 
not well i'm sure it's all very nice isn't it darling and kind of like one of those yeah you know 60s mothers who's a bit like disengaged maybe she's on something maybe she, <laughs> she's been on lovely tranks and has been living in a lovely fairy world for like maybe most of your childhood and now your adulthood um and she doesn't engage with it and is always there to kind of pull the rug out from any stupid pompous thing that patsy's saying um or, or so that all that Adina's saying and kind of bringing her back down to earth in a way that obviously Adina, Adina is furious about. There's the daughter who's a complete sort of pragmatist and, yeah. and finds it all disgusting. Um, my favourite character is Bubble. I think she probably is lots of people's favourite characters. So Jane Horrocks plays her seemingly brainless assistant who's always dressed in the most ludicrous <laughs> Kind of like stripy leggings and like B kind of, um, you know, uh, what they call dealy boppers. And she's, she not just, the, she's not the product of this industry that yes. she's in. She's the ultimate thing. She will be producing these people. She's the, she's yeah. the peak of this. Completely. And like she, now she'd be like, she'd see something on Instagram and she'd buy it straight yeah. away and never question whether she'd ever wear it because she'd just immediately wear it. And, you know, she's, she's she appears to have a head full of air. And then obviously it turns out most of the time she's profound and clever and it's all just going on under the surface. Holy fool. Completely. And I still don't really know why I find this show comforting, but I know that there's that I love every single part of it. I love so once they create that world or Saunders creates that world, I don't think anyone else ever wrote it with her. It was just her. Yeah, yeah. Which now to me, considering how much of it there is, seems extraordinary. Yeah. Um and I don't know if there must have been a script editor or someone who was just sort of keeping the drum beat going or whatever when I'm she was making it. I'm no, do while we're I'm looking at the DVD. Um, but it's such a work of, well, just the world building is so brilliant. Obviously, she kind of takes the existing, the ludicrousness of celebrity culture, which I don't think I'd ever seen lampooned before. Yeah. And she builds on it. So, you know, there's she, Adina has limitless wealth. She There's one episode where she's sort of running out of money and she suddenly starts to panic and gets a smaller car, which is like an incredibly expensive <laughs> Jaguar sports car. But no. it is smaller, darling. It's yeah. smaller. <laughs> and she like cancels like the Fortnum's daily deliveries and then ends up going to Harrods Food Hall to get some milk. And it's just like <laughs> she can't grasp the idea of like, you know, trimming the fat financially. Uh, but most of the time, I think the, 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 the comforting thing about it is that they, they don't have... I've talked before about Made in Chelsea and why I like Made in yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. They don't have our problems. Yes. For these people, the problem is someone is going to turn up from 25 years ago who doesn't know that Adina got a bit fat. And obviously in her mind, no, yeah. fat is a size 12. But, you know, she's not a stick insect. She's not She's not thin and she really wants to be thin when this person from 25 years ago turns up. So the, the peril of that episode is can yeah. she in ludicrous ways, lose weight in five in the next, like, five days or whatever. That's that's her worst nightmare. Not getting ill, anyone dying, someone, um, I, I don't know, having a terrible accident or losing their house. Like, there are no real problems, only they're stupid fucking made-up problems, and maybe that's why I like it. It's noticeable, because uh, I know you love... Uh, another show you really love is, is I'm Alan Partridge, which comes yes. out a few years later. Oh. Uh, this is around the time that we're just about to start getting the day-to-day and things. It's, it's yeah. around that period. I think Partridge hasn't come out. When Partridge comes out, there's a real sense of... Uh, I know people found it hard to watch, because the stakes were so high. Yeah. If he failed at his stupid job that didn't matter, yeah. it looked like he'd be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, the great thing about these guys is that she... Uh, that uh, Patsy's 400 years old or whatever. They're bulletproof. As in, they cannot be hurt. Nothing hurts them. You're watching clowns. You're watching Mm -hmm. cartoon characters. The cartoonishness of this... That's what it is. ...is really lovely. This is far more in the key of uh, Father Ted than it is in the key of Alan Partridge. Oh, completely. And it makes it a fantasy. And they are just clowns. You're watching pure clowns. And it's true. And the best thing about 
their characters is because they live in this world, this sitcom world, where consequences are brief if 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 yeah. they even exist and then don't really matter the next week. Um, even if Adina, because she's the only character really out of Adina and Patsy who could ever learn anything, even if it looks like she's in danger of learning something and maybe learning to spend time with her family or love herself for who she is and <laughs> not be obsessed with losing weight and getting Botox. Um, even if she's in danger of learning something, she she never does because she doesn't need to because she's a sitcom character. It's beautiful. And you mustn't learn. You must reset, reset, reset. She's yeah, you know, it's 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 like a computer game. It's brilliant. And it's another you reason know who why they are and not- how they'll react. And they don't get better. And that's kind of comforting. And actually the risk is always when you they brought Ab Fab back a couple yeah, of yeah. times, I think, right? And obviously they've done a film. It's the danger that they could learn something yeah. and change as people. They must not do that. It's a beautiful demonstration of, and I think people don't understand, don't appreciate this enough of how good cartoons are. Oh God! How comforting so cartoons. hard to do when when a lot of uh, a the lot stakes of, are different. A lot of sitcom at the moment is uh, tends towards comedy drama, and questions are asked in production about saying, yeah. "So how real is it? What's really going on?" Mm-hmm. And some, one of the places you can you can do this kind of comedy is in adult animation so the simpsons or exactly that. which You're is now getting really popular and lots of streamers are making people them and, love that yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's a sense of, of uh, if you film it realistically and real people are involved they might get hurt yeah and you might feel a bit for them and i watch a lot of comedies now and go oh i'm, I'm wincing a bit actually because these people are in real danger exactly there's something so comforting about uh let's let's pick uh there's something so comforting about uh, a black books mm-hmm. or uh, or this or um yeah uh, where it's larger than life and the contract with the audience is these people are bottom uh, the young ones, which I think this, that's this why I love from. Search Party. Yeah, we talked not about real. Search Party. Yeah, this is These people party. are not real, and they will never achieve self awareness, and they will never be genuinely dented by life because they're not built that way. It's, and it's that's really... why it's so safe. It's like they're crash test dummies. Yes. Oh my god, they're not their crash test dummies. So you watch them. You watch them bounce off things. So you can enjoy. Oh, it's wonderful. Watch, you can enjoy watching real uh, things happen. They can fall out with their children or yeah. whatever. But you know the guys in these uh, sorts of shows will not get hurt. I yeah. was talking with a couple of uh, younger comedy writers yesterday about. Uh, Fleabag and Miranda. Mm-hmm. I said the really weird thing about Fleabag and Miranda is there's literally no difference between them apart no, from the way they're no, filmed. No, nothing at all. But in one of them, nicely no one, spoken women who talk to camera who work in a weird who work in a weird shop that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's how they make money. Literally, and they're posh and they're tall and they turn to camera and talk about their sex lives, which are completely improbable. Yeah, they're the same show. One of them is brightly lit and has uh, at the end of it they wave to the camera and go, "You have been watching." You've been watching. And the other one is theatrical and realistic, and you really feel for her. Yeah. And the difference is. Do I feel that these characters are cartoon characters? In which case, I will watch that for comfort. But if I want to watch it for a proper pang in the heart, I'll yeah. watch the one that's shot like a real thing. Yeah. And I think one of the things we've lost in comedy is a real feeling. Because I think at the moment we're in a terrible state where people look at Mrs. Brown's boys and go, that's not real. Yes, yes, And then, they get, then they're just really rude about it. And you go, but we do need those shows. We need Absolutely. shows where everyone is safe. Yeah. I, you're you're completely right, and you're really good on this. Like the, the, the why things are funny, why we laugh, why we feel good when we watch them. Um, Ab Fab is a couple of like women made of rubber, effectively yeah. bouncing off situations, other characters. Nobody, people around them, kind of do get sort of hurt, and you almost yeah. see the consequences of their actions. But the joy is coming back to them, and it's like, have we learned anything? No, I haven't learned a fucking thing. There's one of my another one of my favorite <laughs> episodes, and it's oh god, it's absolutely brilliant and brutal. Kate Omar, Kate O'Mara, fantastic, turns up, gorgeous, glamorous, you know, glorious to the tips of her toes, um, and she's Patsy's long lost sister. 
Perfect casting. And somewhere during the episode, and she's this kind of hellraiser. Obviously, they've both gone up. They had a terrible mother, Eleanor Bron, their terrible mother, <laughs> ruined them for all time. Uh, they've always had a very tense sisterly relationship, estranged for a long time. She comes back. She is Kate O'Mara, yeah. just dripping in glamour and gorgeousness and and money and kind of just all that stuff. And at some point during the episode, it's revealed that she's she's like, Pat's, I'm 73. <laughs> And then Patsy's face kind of falls. She goes, if you're 73, oh, my God, how old does that make me? Like, she won't engage with how old she's never. A cartoon character doesn't know how old it yeah. is. And then at the end of the episode, and I urge you to go and find it, it's so brilliantly written and so and so brutally performed. Um, Kate O'Mara's character is just like, has become Brigitte Bardot, effectively. She's like, but I've got a little shelter for lost animals and I just need a few thousand pounds to keep it going if you could just give me some money and I could, you know, and her latest paramour has ditched her. Um, and she's like, no, Jackie, you're like, you know, you, the, 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 you, you take loads of heroin and you're cool. And she's like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. And, and Patsy cannot, her world cannot exist with this woman yeah, in yeah. it. Because she was her hero and her yeah, kind of yeah. hell-raising cartoon character hero. And she just basically sends her off to the Dorchester. And I think maybe maybe even suggests like, um, oh, there's a couple of syringes in that case. You know, do us a favour and go out with a bang and just shuts the door. And, that's, that, and that's the last you see of Jackie, Kate O'Mara's yeah. character. And it's like, at the time, you're kind of like, oh, my God, that's... But in that world... Yeah. She has to fucking die. Yeah. You can't come here saying, I'm old, I'm tired, and I yes. really love cats. Fuck off. And it's the perfect emblem for... That's exactly do it. Do you understand how this works? Yeah. You need to go. You're breaking everything. It's all going wrong. The, the world so has good. to be fantastic. And the yeah. world has to be uh, have cartoon rules. Everyone yeah. has to be made of rubber. And maybe that's oh what's... Oh, my God, I do like cartoons. But it, I think... Just they don't have to look like cartoons. I think that's cartoons. it. It's the values of, of clowning. You're so clever. It's like that indestructible comedy is really comforting because mm. you know everyone's going to be all right. And it goes back to that my one of my favourite Simpsons lines of all time. Marge, my friend, I haven't learned a thing. <laughs> I love watching things. And at the same time as I love watching uh, the new wave of comedy mm-hmm. where it's all really heartbreaking and really authentic and borrows from drama Oh, I get drama those and from that too. Yeah, but occasionally you want to watch something where, and again, one person wrote this. She knew the rules. Yeah. Another person might get the rules wrong, might make it too authentic. Yep. You can sustain one of these cartoon worlds by having a very distinctive voice mm-hmm. that your audience and you know where the limits of reality are. Yeah. And within the first two minutes of any comedy, you have to say to the audience, what reality are we in? Right. How real is this? Yep. How much danger is anyone in? Is anyone going to get really hurt? And to look at this and say, compare it to I'm Alan Partridge from roughly the same time. Yes. The reality in Alan Partridge is real. When mm-hmm. he watches his, his uh, memoir being pulped, that's oh, low God. stakes, but in, oh, you realise no. it's destroyed him. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's quite hard. People watch that through their fingers. Especially because it's called Bouncing, Bouncing Back. back. Oh, God. <laughs> the front cover with him with the tennis ball on it. But that feels, the pain in that is real. And the, the joy yeah. of that is that realness. And the realness of pain that then Armando takes forward into the thick of it, where those people yeah. are really at risk. Mm-hmm. This is bottom. This it is, is bottom. It's bottom for girls. Bottom for girls. Oh, I love and, it. And everybody loves a girl's bottom, don't they? Lovely bottom. They've <laughs> oh, all got lovely bottoms. You're right. Sex is you. I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> help it. I just said it because I thought it. I like, I like, it's like, um, you know, when you go bowling and they inflate those buffers <laughs> at the side of the alley. Yes. And it's like, 
I know whatever I do, okay, sure, yeah. I'm going to hit the pins. But I love the fact that I just know I am and yeah. I won't get a gutter ball and that awful empty feeling you get when your ball doesn't even hit one pin. There's a lovely feeling of it's safety. so good. Sometimes you want safety. You want, I knew I, you'd help me work it out. There you go. That's <laughs> how it works. Thank it, you, Dr. Comfort. <laughs> it works. It, it works because um, everyone's going to be okay. Yeah. And that, that means as well you can do bigger, more stupid things with your character. You can oh. drop them from great heights and they're going to be okay. Which I love so much. And so, yeah, it's gleeful. And you can still watch watch in the guise of Safi in a sensible cardigan going well at least I'm not them is this why other people go bungee jumping like safe terror I don't know why people do anything dangerous I'm never doing that obviously I don't know why anyone does anything dangerous fucking idiots and also Mm. also, I've worked out this this week if you do that you're posh because it means if you have an accident you can have the next week off work that's right because you broke your toe didn't you and it Um, fucked your life genuinely (laughs) all these people doing dangerous things don't they have jobs to go to no they just own stuff they can they can go skiing because they just own stuff and you can sit still with your foot up like fucking jimmy stewart looking out the fucking window and you don't have to actually do a day's work like i do in the hard joke minds actually actually now you come to mention there is an episode of ab fab where um where adina gets um she's she has um she has acupuncture yeah and then um weeks later she realizes her toe really hurts, and she calls her doctor in Switzerland. He's skiing, and <laughs> she's trying to talk to talk to him. And eventually, uh, she gets the scan back. However, it's like, oh, you've got an acupuncture needle in your toe. And she's like, but I've only ever had <gasps> cranial acupuncture. It's like clearly, it's worked its way down from her brain, harpooning all her vital organs on the way down. Again. And she ends up having like her foot up and having to go to a private hospital to have her foot operated on. And now I realise who you remind me of in your funny boot. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like her with the acupuncture needle. Yeah. That and Patsy is, goes to the hospital with a nasty the wine list. It's delightful. That is something that would happen to Homer Simpson. It would happen to Tom and Jerry. Yes, and I it think would. the lovely thing is we need to have more stuff like this on telly. I love oh, I stuff agree. where reality is a little bit elastic and you know everyone's going to be okay. Yes. I, yeah. Can we have a little less? Make more of that shit, people. If someone gets gets cancer in this, it'll be funny cancer. And I'm I want serious, that. like I'm Can really done with stuff with cancer in it. Like I don't need that anymore. <laughs> can comedy not be sad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the least with, you can ask of it, really. With, with a huge disclaimer that I really like a lot of very sad oh, yeah, comedy no, no, about no, real things. Know. They're all really excellent yeah. as well. But yes, how good is this? Rubber comedy. Woo-hoo! Yes, please. Home Comforts is the companion podcast to Comfort Blanket. If you want more of this sort of thing or to support Comfort Blanket in general, go to our Patreon page and throw some money in the hat and become part of the Comfort Blanket Patreon family. If you join in, you can get this exclusive podcast whenever we make it, early access to the normal podcast and all sorts of stuff as we think of it. But yes, support us, we'll make more. Uh, Go to patreon.com forward slash comfort blanket pod. And thanks for listening.